0: Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, the team leader for the Gospel Project for Adults. This is our weekly leadership training podcast. This week we are beginning a new unit titled God's Glory in the Face of Christ. So we are on Unit 24, Session 1, titled Jesus is the Way. And each session in this unit reflects on the key points of John 14, 6, in which Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of Luke beautifully depicts the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The climax of Luke's Gospel, like the other Gospels, is the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. But the heart of Luke's Gospel is the travel narrative, found in Luke 9.51-19.27. through 19, This section begins with a statement about Jesus setting His face to go to Jerusalem, where He knew He would be crucified. While journeying from Galilee to Jerusalem, Jesus performed miracles and taught about the kingdom of God and the way of salvation. In Luke 13 through 35 the focal passage for this session, Jesus portrayed himself as the narrow door of salvation who saves sinners through his sacrificial death and victorious resurrection, which would be accomplished in Jerusalem. Jesus taught that entrance into his kingdom comes only through him and is therefore difficult, not in the sense of hard work to achieve or earn salvation, but in the sense that the way of Jesus runs contrary to the direction of every society on earth and every fiber of our sinful being. So, if Jesus is the way into the kingdom, and the only way, then we ought to pay attention to what it means that Jesus is the narrow door, both for our own salvation and for those with whom we will share the gospel. In point one, we look at Jesus' teaching on the narrow door. I want you to be aware that in this passage Jesus does not explicitly say that he is the narrow door. He is teaching by a metaphor here regarding salvation. But the extended passage we look at in the next two points emphasizes Jesus' sacrificial death for our salvation, which adds more to our understanding of the narrow door Jesus teaches about here. And elsewhere in John 10, Jesus does call himself the gate for the sheep, and whoever enters by him will be saved. So we are in good territory to make the connection between the narrow door and Jesus in this passage. Jesus' phrase, make every effort to enter through the narrow gate, in verse 24, should not be understood as Jesus suggesting human beings earn their salvation by their own effort. As the commentary says on leader page 131, this would go against the New Testament's teaching on salvation by grace through faith, from Ephesians 2 and Romans 3. Rather, we should see this as Jesus's exhortation to urgency and earnestness because there is only one door to salvation, the narrow door, faith in Jesus Christ alone. And that door is open now for all who would believe in Jesus. But it will not always be open. Death, apart from faith, closes that door for unbelievers. And at Jesus' second coming, that door will be shut to all who refuse to come to Christ in faith. There may be many associated with Jesus and his church, but apart from saving faith, These people are on the broad path to hell and destruction, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But Jesus ends this point of teaching with a note of hope, reflecting that people from all over the world, north, south, east, and west, will be present and participating in the banquet in the kingdom of God. And the reference to some who are last being first, and vice versa, is a nod to the inclusion of the Gentiles in the blessings of the gospel and the promises to Israel. The door is narrow, Jesus Christ is the only way into the kingdom to the Father. But that door is still open to all who will repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. In point two, Jesus highlights his coming death, which is the means by which the narrow door is open to all those who believe. Whether well-intentioned or not, and most likely not, some Pharisees told Jesus about the plot of Herod to kill Jesus should he arrive in Jerusalem. But the threat of death in Jerusalem did not deter Jesus from going there, because that was why He was going there in the first place. We have to marvel at the boldness and faithfulness of Jesus. Death, and much more a painful death, is one of those things at the top of everyone's list of fears. But Jesus cast aside the distraction of the Pharisees and dismissed the threat of Herod to resolutely continue His work of teaching and miracles until the time came for His work to be completed. And that completion, as Jesus said, included perishing at Jerusalem. Though Herod and the Pharisees would hatch and work out their plan for Jesus' demise, this was God's plan. This was Jesus' plan. That Jesus, the Son of God, would lay down His life in Jerusalem to be crucified for the sins of the world. God's truest and greatest prophet, the very Word of God, would fulfill every promise and every prophecy made about Him, so that sinners, so that we, would be saved from eternal death and destruction and given instead eternal life and blessing with him in paradise. In point three, Jesus foretells his future adoration. But first, he expresses his lament for the city of Jerusalem and her people. Even though Jesus would be executed in the city, he spoke of his longing to care and provide for them. But rather than receive the Lord's prophets and the prophet that God had sent, the people chose to stone and kill them instead. Over and over they refused to listen to God's call to repentance. So they suffered the consequences—famine, warfare, exile, and destruction. And still they refused to listen and learn. So they would proceed with crucifying the Son of God and incur the Lord's wrath and judgment. But again, Jesus sounds a note of hope. First, he speaks of a time when the city of Jerusalem will see him again. This is a prophecy of the prophet that he will rise from the dead and return to his people. And second, when he returns, there will be people from among Israel, from among the city of Jerusalem, who will proclaim, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The commentary on leader page 135 shows how this ultimately describes a future time at the last day. On that day, all who have believed in Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected, will rejoice at His coming and the salvation He brings with Him, for all who have faithfully endured the persecution and punishments of this world for the sake of our Savior. While all may come to Jesus in faith for salvation, many will not, choosing instead to trust in some other way to be saved, Yet scripture is clear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Because the way of salvation is narrow, we believers must keep Jesus central in all we do, helping others to fix their gaze on Him in faith and trust in Him alone for salvation, because only Jesus can save. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.